0: And you're welcome to Wade In on the back of the weekend's racing where honeysuckle shortened considerably from the champion hurdle. I think uh, she's even money or thereabouts with most firms now after what she did at Ferry's House yesterday. Plenty to talk talk about, I should say, in the world of horse racing and your questions answered as always in the company of Mr. Kevin Blake. Hi, Kev. Hello, good to be back, Hugh. Uh, some of us in sunnier climes than others, unfortunately. Yes. I should mention I'm doing this uh, podcast from Dubai, where I was here for the Rugby Sevens. Uh, shameless uh, promotion, but yeah, no, it's pretty good. So I've been under an umbrella all week, Kev, hiding away from the sunshine, putting back the 500 on my Irish hasty head. But you're up there, you go. Somebody has to do it. How are you, TC? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. A bit uh, jealous Anderson? of you? Uh, are you really? Yeah, Dubai. Have you? Dubai have you been rugby. Yeah. What yeah, we what's what's go wrong? Nothing, nothing. I am uh, I was very hungover this morning, though, I can tell you. I was so hungover that I, I was drinking whiskey with some guy last night and I forgot the name of the whiskey. So I wrote it down on my phone so I'd remember this morning because I knew I wouldn't actually remember the name, but that's how bad it was. But anyway, <laughs> hangover's gone. Vanessa, you'll be glad to know the hangover's clear. I'm ready to go. <laughs> brilliant,
1: brilliant. And yeah, sunny climbs to you. I'm looking out my window. got two inches of snow on the ground here in Oxfordshire. Supposed nice. to be a banger on Saturday. Got called off. Had to protect Yeah. Jutted, yeah. obviously deep down and to our <laughs> WhatsApp group it was all punches at the air.
0: You were, you were how far down the road? Because you're on the road yeah. very early. Uh, yeah I
1: was I was about an hour Along my way uh, But sure it didn't matter It was a sharp U-turn On the motorway past a few crashes Got home Watched all the mm. racing On the telly Happy hour you,
0: Aren't you lucky That Tony Calvin Is such an insomniac That he was up At whatever half Four in the mm. morning And he was able To tell you The bagger was up Quite
1: uh, I mean what a man Honestly uh, yeah. Who'd have thought it Tony <laughs> Calvin My saviour <laughs> I'll
0: tell you i tell you what it's, it's, I don't know
2: I don't know if it's still the case But if a, if a race meeting Gets abandoned on the day You get full, full whack as well Payment Tony
1: Bang on the money I Come if,
2: on the if, if it gets if it gets abandoned the day before, I think you get 75%. Three days yeah. in, three days before it's 50%. But you on, know the day, the drill. You on the know day, the drill. it's 100 percent So it's absolutely
0: she must have got out of that. Free she, money.
2: You must have run around that field naked,
0: cheering. <laughs> so, right. But on that, on that note then, with the money that you that you earned from not earning it on Saturday, will you be investing it? On Honey's uncle to win the champion hurdle. I don't see how any horse is going to touch a Vanessa. Five to four is stealing money. Yeah, it probably
1: is. Look, I, I didn't get it sort of as infused about Sunday's performance as a lot of people did. Look, 13 out of 13 is hard going by anyone's standards, of course, and of course it should be applauded. Uh, but, you know, she did what she had to do on her comeback run and what we would have expected her to do, given the fact that we were already told beforehand that she was going to strip a bit fitter for her reappearance this time round than what we had seen her last time. And she's beat a 20 to one shot a few lengths, like... Happy days. She was, she did what she always does. She's, she's magnificent and there's no getting away from that. And should she have been shortened for the champion head off the back of that? She only really proved she was alive and she could still do what she can do over two miles. But I don't know for me, uh, Of course, she's highly likely to win the champion hurdle again. But I just was a bit unenthused about Sunday. And it was a bit of a shame because I don't know if it was because of what happened to latest exhibition. Maybe Mm. that was in the back of my mind. That was pretty dreadful thoughts, obviously, with connections Um, or whether... I don't know what it was. I just I just wasn't and I'm somebody who can really get behind these superstars. I love it. And I'm, you know, I'm passionate about the jumping game. And but on Sunday there was just something for me. I want to see her against something. That can really put it up to her. I want her, I want to see her against the two mile hurdler, either this side of the Irish Sea or your side of the Irish Sea. That really gives her a proper race. Whereas Sunday for me just felt like another procession, and it's like okay, happy days. On we go to the next one.
0: Okay, well, just on that then, Kevin. I guess the issue for many people is Vanessa wants to see Honey tested over two miles by something. But what is the something? I mean, epitant was held. Like, you know, on the line, as we know, at the weekend as well, you know, she, for many people, might be the closest thing to put it up to her. But what is there out there in the two mile hurling division to actually give her a race?
3: No, there's nothing. It's a way for ten division um, has been for ages. Like the last time, Honey Suckle had a real challenge. I suppose was was Benny the and the, the mayor's hurdle, ironically, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, a year and a half ago, and I don't see anything there. And maybe something will emerge. But you look all as has been the case for like a decade now. All the the best champion hurdle prospects tend to go chasing. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it goes. And um, there were a few novices last season that could have offered her a challenge this this time around But that's just the way the the whole national hunt scene has gone. Big emphasis on chasing. I'm sure Look, honeysuckle's a chaser, really, but um, you know, they for they have their reasons obviously for staying hurdling. Uh, numero uno, the fact that she can absolutely dominate the division, um, but in a, in a slightly different world, um, she would be going chasing. Uh, don't forget that the only time we saw her in a point to point, she uh, beat that Annie Mack, who's a good horse, um, smashed her up by 15 lengths. So, um, you know, she should, probably should be chasing as well, but she's staying hurdling. Um, can I see any challenge coming for her in the oh, Jesus? Any time distant future, probably not. Yeah. Um, she was good here. Look, we know she's better than Ronald Pump. Uh, a few disappointments in behind, uh, Saldier disappointing, um, Abacadabra, a bit disappointing. Um, her jumping was, was, was people were picking at it a little bit, but I'd say it's not that far from <laughs> typical for her. Um, she got quite slick in the middle part of last season, but um, other than that, she, she can be a little bit. A little bit clumsy at times, a little bit novicey a shade at times. And that's just her. It doesn't stop her. Um, And yeah, onwards and upwards. I hope we see plenty of her because I wasn't there yesterday, but it seems everyone that was was very complimentary. Um, It's been a long time since we've had a real um, fired up national hunt atmosphere in Ireland. It seemed to be one of those days yesterday. Great crowd. Um, you know, teaming around the parade ring to see her in, et cetera. So that's great to see. She has that sort of a following now. Herself and Rachel are, are one of the great partnerships in Irish sport right now, I think it's fair to say. So hopefully yep. we get to see plenty of her and get to see uh, get to see them on Irish tracks, British tracks, and
0: as many tracks as possible, Following well. Four to five is not a Tony Calvin price, mm. but at what point does, does Honeysuckle become a, a Tony Calvin uh, betting option? I mean, like, does she need to trip for you? I mean, she's going to win the race. I just can't yeah. see anything to touch her, no, you know?
2: No, I know it sounds a bit glib, but you are effectively backing her to get there, aren't you? I mean, on the day, given that what we see at the moment against her, she's a two to five shot on the day. So I think she's around about even money on the exchange. You're effectively backing her to get there because she gets her in the same form that she has been for the, for the last two or three starts then she'll win. Not so long ago, she won three consecutive races by, to, by, by about half a length. So including beating Ronald Pump in that race last year and, you know, what she's done since then, you know, she's pretty much unbeatable, especially with that seven pound allowance, I mean, if yeah. I was Kenny Alex, because the only the only stick you can beat her with is this £7 allowance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, Shah just came out best at the waist in the last couple of years against Epitop and Honeysuckle. So, you know, Kenny Alexander, you know, he's a sporting man. He doesn't want for anything, multimillionaire. Well, he might want for a driving licence, actually, he might not. Uh, but, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, you know, why, why, why can't he say to the BHA, uh, I'm going to forego my £7 allowance? Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to run against the males off uh, off level weights. What price? I wouldn't. I don't think it would make that much difference to a price. Actually, putting. Yeah, but he's. A, I mean, he might, be, he might be.
0: He might be. A, might be a game guy, but he's not stupid. I mean, why would Why would he do that? I mean, well, you well, know, well,
3: what you could do. Someone said this to me yesterday, TC, and I wonder would there be a possibility of a, maybe a big betting firm, maybe even our our friends at Betfair putting yeah. up a right few quid and uh, you know coming up with a new race, a conditions race. I don't know where you'd do it. At. Aintree or Fairy House or even Punchestown, and uh, have her in there with no allowance, yeah. You know, put up a yeah. good few quid, see who takes yeah. the but bait, make something she, interesting happen. She's, so
2: mm. uh, she's so brilliant, uh, she's so dominant. Way, would you? That's the oh, yeah, that's the only I, I don't think she it would make that much difference in price to me if she, she was carrying at seven pounds for all you know, Charger, like I said, did come out best at the weights last year, but. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing you can grab her with, this £7 mare's allowance. So, yeah, mate, I'd be all in favour of her raking off levels against the males. So, she'll get she'll give him their ass as well, wouldn't she?
0: What did you make of Epaton TC? Uh, photo finish, obviously. There was a little bit of uh, controversy around that. What was your yeah. view of the, the photo finish?
2: Yeah, um, well, I bet not so sleepy. I tip not so sleepy. Um, mm. Going past the line, I was filthy. I thought he got chinned. On this slow-mo, I thought he definitely... I thought... Uh, he definitely got beat, but on this, if anything, on the photo finish, when you look at it, not so sleepy's nose is past the line more so than um, more so than epiton. So yeah, I mean, I think that's unsatisfactory. We had loads of questions in about the photo finish and the positioning yeah. positioning of that. We'll, we'll come to a bit later, but I mean, obviously the sportsbook cut epiton from tens from uh, to tens for 14s. I didn't see that myself. Um, even though I've got a lot of time for not so sleepy. And I think if there's anything each way in the race, it could well be not so sleepy this year. But beating a 152 rated horse, getting seven pounds, uh, sorry, dead heating, uh, a 152 rated horse getting seven pounds wasn't the stuff that would have me clipping her four points. That's for sure. For all, that was a comeback mm. run after disappointments last year.
0: Okay. All right. It's great stuff. Um, I do want to give listeners information for Racing Only Better this Friday, just before we kick on with the racing as well. We've got a, a massive live show at Soundown Live from half past 11 on Friday morning. The gates open at 10.45. Everybody is welcome. So if you're planning to go to Sandown on Friday, Come to the Racing Only Better live show. Unfortunately, I won't be there myself, but uh, I'm yeah. sure you lads will give it a good old crack. Everybody, welcome. It's in the Easter Hall um, at 10 45 gates open. We're live at half 11 just before racing starts on Friday. So if you're around Sandown and you fancy coming up and giving TC and old smack in the head, please do come. Um, <laughs> I'll, um,
2: I'll go down the grocery shop beforehand and get a load <laughs> of tomatoes <you> <laughs> <can check> <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, my, it, my, it, my, thought, my,
3: my thought was to set up a bit of a booth, you know, and maybe a ten or a pop. For Tony Calvin to insult you. Come up, give a yeah. tenner. Tony will just, just abuse you for a few minutes. Maybe no, no, well no, so no, no. like, a tenner
2: while I spend I'll do that for free.
1: Yeah, you can have that. You can, you can steal the idea off the Graham Norton show where you give people like oh, 30 the chair. seconds. Yeah, the chair. Where you give people like 30 or <laughs> seconds or a minute to tell Tony it. Calvin a story. And then when he gets bored of the story, he just picks up one of his tomatoes and throws yes. it in their face. Come on, Bedfair
3: Barry.
2: You've Do got, you've, got, you've, got, you've, got, you've got five <laughs> days it. to start
3: this out. Get a big yeah. Yeah. chair. Yeah.
2: Yeah. chair with Tony Calvin. So get, get, get some stocks and put me in the stocks. Let do
0: what you want to me for a ten. Oh Lovely. Jesus! <laughs> Only from the front. Only from the front. Wow. Ten, ten forty-five gates open on Friday. Hopefully, we we'll see <laughs> as many people there as possible. The show starts at a half eleven, a sharp, from the Esher Hall at Sandown. Please do come along. Uh, right, the Supreme Novices Hurdle situation. Obviously, statuaire. Well, yesterday, uh, twenty to one. I think first show for the Supreme, uh, Kevin. 8-1 uh, to one for the mayor's hurdle as well um, John Bond though I guess is the talking horse now if you're talking to the Supreme John Bond Duvans butter um, after he ran there I'm surprised he actually you know ran at a race course it was, it was great <laughs> run, but, um, but he did run and so people got very excited were you excited Kev? <laughs> they get very very excited they
3: thought really really excited um, yeah. Jay, it was obviously you know extremely weak in the betting like one to four out to even money basically mm. and um he like the, the race kind of went wrong for him. It was a bit embarrassing, really. The tapes went up. Well, I say embarrassing. It was gamesmanship by the other jockeys. No one wanted to go and, and give John Bond a lead. So we had the spectacle of the, the field standing still basically for 30 seconds uh, before they jumped off. And um, with with no pace, John Bond kind of jumped and pulled his way to the front fairly early. Um, but look, his jumping was good. He was nimble. Um, you know, for for what is a big chaser in the making, um, and he was always in control, and, and beat a horse that that as you know, plenty of people seem to think is quite useful in a, in good risk at all. Um, but I, I just, I was quite astounded myself when I started hearing quotes of three to one, etc. Um, immediately after the race, I was.
0: Is, it, is that more the, or less nostalgia you have around Duvan and the connections, rather than the um, actual performance? Of well, look, course. it's
3: a sexy. He has a sexy profile, and people love a sexy yeah. profile. But I think, uh, I think it was in our WhatsApp group. Some, someone wondered what was the three to one in a, without the Irish market, which might have made <laughs> a bit more sense to me. Um, I just thought it was very short. But look, it's held up, yeah. and he's it, shortened up in the meantime. Um, we didn't get anything too fancy happening in the Royal Bond, as we'll talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, like Jesus wouldn't be for me now. Um, like Willie Mullins' yeah. Supreme Novices horses are still asleep in bed at the minute, really. They haven't come out at all. Uh, and God, it, you'd be very brave taking that price. Now, maybe he would keep winning in six to 64 and bolt up. But uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be going near double that price, dare I say. I think yeah. it's not yeah, like grand you say, horse, it's, But it's, calm down, lads.
1: It's the combination of like a super sexy profile and also everyone just desperate to latch onto something in that division at the moment because of the climate change situation and no rain it means <laughs> yeah. it means that uh, you know we're Said just low no Greta. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I, I regret saying that already um, no because of the no rain situation we're just all waiting to latch on to something in that division and it's like he came out with his sexy price tag and his sexy connections and his pedigree page as well and everyone's like oh crap that'll be the one for us come on like let's latch on to that but the, I can't. I'm, I'm. I'm with you, Kev. It could. He could be double the price in a couple of months' time after we see some other weapons left, right, and centre yeah. over in Ireland.
0: Ooh. I mean, people love a sexy profile, T C. That's Ooh. why you're so popular. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> what do what you think of John Bond? I mean, is he okay? If I if I gave you John Bond uh, at the price he is versus statuaire, and what she did yesterday, I mean, who would you who would you write back? <laughs> Well, I'd rather, back,
2: uh, I'd rather back John Bomb because uh, Willie's going to send her to the mayor's hurdle, isn't he? It's just, it's, it's a bit of madness, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you know, it was a maiden hurdle. The second's got a really good bumper form, but the second can't jump. Uh, the horse has been very hot in the past. Apparently, it's very fractious at home. Know goes out on his own, etc. It's not, and he. I think he. I think he wore earplugs down at the start, so it's not hard to oh. see Cheltenham lighting him up. Um, you know, I think you know seven to two top prices is, is pretty risible. One one firm actually make him two, so I don't know what's going oh. on there. Uh, but you know, we can crab about seven to two, saying you know it's 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 a crap price. It wouldn't go near it. You know, it's an exchange, and currently he's around about four point eight to lay. So. You know, if you think it's an absolutely desperate price, then you can put your money where your mouth is. But uh, for me, I... I you know I am with Kev's WhatsApp group. Uh, I've I've spread the number of non-Irish people in that WhatsApp group at naught to naught. <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. yeah I would rather I'd rather a bun bon than a John Bon.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <And you> can, <laughs> what about grand bun bon, you can bring bun bons to Sandown on Friday if you're not, you like. I certainly eat them.
0: <laughs> what about grand G, Kev? Nines for the same race for the um for the Supremes. What did you make of uh... Yeah, she was quite good,
3: I thought, because look, the thing with Grangie that has been, you know, talked about since she started off is that she she's small. She she's on the small side um, for a national hunt mare. Um that's why she was, you know, was quite affordable with her pedigree, et cetera. But the, the syndicate style racing lads had a crack and she's proven to be an absolute weapon for them. Uh, you know, one one um, a couple of graded bumpers last season, and this was a good start. Um, I thought her jumping technique was was solid. Was how I describe it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't slick. It was she gave him a little bit more air than that, but um, perfectly fine. Uh, and looked picked up very well. So look, she's a very obvious candidate for the the the, the wonderful wonderful Mayor's novice hurdle that I love so much at the Cheltenham Festival. <laughs> and um, I, I assume that's where she'll be targeted.
0: Um, Vanessa I did flick on Twitter on Saturday um, after I write one and the outpouring of love for this horse was quite something I I, I don't know maybe I'm not familiar enough but um, certainly very popular winner over the weekend now 50-1 for the Grand National
1: Yeah, 50 to 1 for the Grand National is probably about a right price, but all right. But I think just people have really got behind sort of Harriet Graham as the trainer. She's Mm. a class act. And, uh, you know, she's just one of the good people in racing. And, you know, people have kind of latched on to her. And this horse is a bit of a sort of, I don't know, cult following in a weird sense. I I wouldn't (laughs) be part of that cult following, to be honest with you. Me neither. But but people latched on all the same. And then I suppose the finish as well, it was a terrific finish. uh, Look, for all the while uh, that he he was going to be headed by good boy Bobby and then wasn't in the end. And I think the celebrations afterwards, I think he just, it was a deserved winner. It's a cliche, isn't it? But it was uh, for me, it, you know, like I say, I'm not part of the sort of I write fan club as such, but a uh, nice story on a big day up at Newcastle in the snow, freezing cold conditions up there. Credit to those who got up there in the first place, to be honest with you, looked absolutely Baltic. And, uh, but that seemed to warm a few people's hearts. So happy days, uh, 50, one like say about the national is probably the right price for him
0: yeah and, and then if you want to i guess continue the theme of people really kind of i don't know what you want to call it tc getting carried away or not but a hoist in your i saw people comparing him with denman which is obviously pretty high praise uh, based on what he did at the weekend were you suitably impressed as well as denman a fair comparison Hang on a said talking about getting carried away how drunk yeah. were you when you woke up this morning <laughs>
2: hey. yeah
0: <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, my, yeah. head, my head wanted to jump out the window. So Because <laughs> I've just checked the date, and it's November the 29th. Did you shave by mistake? I did, yeah. <gasps> Where's your tash? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah.
2: what? 29th you know. November, I was expecting a ginger muzz, and there's nothing yeah. in there.
0: No, it's been, gone. it's been gone for the last three or four days. I actually oh. accidentally woke up and just started, sh- and then I, I basically ruined the whole thing, so I just got rid of <laughs> it. What, Plus, by am uh, You didn't say. I'm by in Dubai. Dubai. Well, quite, Yeah. Well, just I. I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a your moustache <laughs> is not allowed in Dubai. Uh, no, they're not. They're forbidden. Any kind of facial hair is forbidden. <laughs> okay, uh, I tell you, unless yeah, you're a cap. Cow- unless only, you're cap. Cow-
2: the <laughs> only way your the only way your ginger moustache could have been improved if you'd have worn a burqa,
0: then you you could have then you could have cracked on.
1: Yeah, to be fair, Hugh, it wasn't a great look. So you've done yourself a favour. Well,
0: there we go. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I just to you. I thought, what's, what's different about it? Uh, the four the four euro, the four euro that I've raised for charity, I'm gonna have to give it all back now, just smashing up myself. yeah uh, Tony, you're
1: part. very observant. I'd have missed yeah. that in a month. I've missed that all day long. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. anyway, um, Sorry. the Sorry. Our hois in your oh yeah. Just obviously.
2: I don't think he was going to win first time out of Carlisle in the Colin Parker but obviously mm. it smashed up Brave Man's game last year in, in the Sefton at 8-3 and he you know there's only four rivals and he did some make mistakes and he'd be put under a lot of pressure in the jumping department um, but yeah you had to be massively impressed by that didn't you but again it's harder task the weights and um you know he's earned about seven eight to one shot now for the for the three mile at uh, the festival for all yeah. of, for all saturday was was you know ultra impressive the manner of the victory the the distance of the victory again it's come back to kev's whatsapp group again you know i'll <laughs> be talking about betting about the irish um uh, in that three mile uh novice chase division yeah really okay uh, kev oh, um, I, know you're- I don't know about that no no i <laughs> honest. yeah
0: Gosh. No, but yeah, but Kev, your favourite division, the stairs hurdle. Uh, Thomas Darby I think 16 for that. Are you? You still, you're still just <laughs> did he, did he the high of it. Did
3: ask me? Did you? Yeah,
0: no. On, give us, give us a line there. Give us a line. Wolf, 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 wolf. Should look it. Yeah, <laughs> he won. He won. It was great. He won well, the race. Well, well, well done to all concern.
3: Um, I think that. I think that's a case of job done for him. Um, yeah, yeah. My postman's outside of the gate here. I'm going to go open it. You can just you can go, you
2: can go discuss Thomas Darby for yeah. Anybody excited about, about, about Thomas horse being delivered? Obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I, mean, I don't. I, 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 I was surprised to see him win, Hugh Thomas Darby, yeah. and uh, it's sort of a different race to dissect when you look at the Paisley Park uh but for me he thomas darby is just i just can't have that unreliable nature of him you just don't know what you're going to get half the time i know they've applied they put a tongue tie on didn't they and that might be brought out some improvement but he's just too unreliable i like a bit of predictability in my life and he is not the one for me um and yeah what what price is he for the stairs hurdle 16. I think it's uh,
0: sixteen to one. He could be double that. I yeah, I think him. he but, could anyway.
1: be a little bit more than uh, yeah. that, and it still would be a bet for me. It's easy to pick holes in the
2: form, but that staying hurdle division is absolutely. I well. I won't say that. Well, it, no, the it, thing it, is, there's <laughs> no depth to it at all. No depth. <laughs> no, no, you,
3: you, you need uh, to show you you can, you can use less words there, Tony. The hurdling divisions. Yeah, Yeah. it applies. It applies to all of them. There's no doubt. With the
1: Stairs Hurdle Division, at least you see in the Champion Hurdle Division, you've got one standout and then a load of crap underneath. Crap, (laughs) obviously, is not the correct word. Lovely horses. (laughs) But you know what I mean, right? Mm. And so she's just going to go wiping the board, honeysuckle, fine. At least with the Stairs Hurdle. They're all of a level. There's no standout, so at least it's a bit more competitive. Like Do anything you. could happen. A Thomas Derby <laughs> could win. Buzz could suddenly decide. dreams. What Classical play. dream. Classical I went back, dream.
2: I wouldn't back him at six six to one to get there, given his track record in the last. All three days. all
1: joking aside, I at the moment prefer the stairs hurdle division to the to the champion hurdle Do division. Do you? Do
0: yeah, you? It's just Shit. it's a
1: more wide open affair. You don't know what's oh. going to happen.
0: Bunch of yeah. donkeys, though. Bunch I'm, of donkeys
2: I'm, though. I'm gonna campaign, I'm gonna campaign for a two mile four hurdle at the festival. So, there's excellent, excellent. A- oh <laughs> I'll get
1: behind that. People do, yeah. do that actually,
2: <laughs> and they're serious.
1: Oh
3: my god, oh god. Yeah, well, what price, yeah, what price now? If someone wants to be clever, they'll try to figure out what saying chaser is going to revert to hurdling and um, maybe be a big factor, you know, something like Ooh. champ.
0: I don't know, who knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see, right? Um, folks, I We have loads of questions to get through, but four of the questions that I'm going to ask from our listeners revolve around our opening topic after the racing, which is the piece that David Walsh did in the Sunday Times yesterday um, about Dan Skelton and ownership of a couple of horses and the suggestion that perhaps all was not as above board as it should be. I'll frame the questions first and we'll... Kick off uh, then. JP says, interesting piece by David Walsh today concerning Dan Skelton. It seems to me that the vast majority of racing journalists are burying their heads in the sand when it comes to anything negative. Surely the Racing Post should be leading with these stories. Sam TM says, Do Kevin and yourself any thoughts? And Vanessa, reads Sunday Times article on Dan Skelton. Um, Gilmore says, David Walsh's story could be one for weighed in. Uh, Tom Cronley says, Would like to hear uh, TC Kevin and Vanessa's analysis on the Skelton issue. Looks like it'll end up in the civil court. And Brad Maxley, uh, somewhat related to the Skelton piece in the Times, what your thoughts on underbidders in horses sale, Kev. The story itself yesterday um, uh, was interesting. I, I read it. Um, TC put it up on our WhatsApp group, and I read it. Um, and you know, obviously, we'll see how this plays out in the courts. I mean, we have to be a little bit careful of what we say here, but it doesn't reflect particularly well on Dan Skelton, does it? If what's alleged um, is actually true,
3: yeah, that's it. We should say it. it's 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 alleged at this stage. It's one side of the story. Um, I think Dan was contacted for comment, and um, he he didn't really. Wish to expand too much, other than to say there's two sides to the story. So look, we don't want to. Um, I suppose we shouldn't base our opinion solely on what we read in the paper because it's it is one side of it. But look, it um it, it didn't read very well at all. Look, um, these owners had a, a very bad experience with the horse, and look, and look, these things can unfortunately happen with with race horses. You pay a lot of money for them, they get hurt, they prove it. You know, incredibly disappointing as this horse did. That sometimes is. Um, part and parcel of the game, but the, I suppose the unsatisfactory element to this, based on what's in the paper, is the, um, the apparent um, alleged reality that um, Dan Skelton had an ownership interest in the horse at the time he was recommending to the owners to buy the horse. And, um, you know, one. The owners have said that one of the main reasons they chose to splash out on the horse was dan's conviction and belief in the horse um, and his merits as a prospect so look if all this is true um and again we should say again because it's important this is one side of the story if it is true you know dan yeah. has, has has fallen short of the, the standards that would be expected of someone in that position um it isn't you should say that it isn't unusual for trainers to have an ownership interest in horses Um, but look it needs to be everyone involved in these deals needs to be there needs to be full disclosure people need to know what's going on what people's interests are um, they should be aware of any conflicts and look I suppose all this stuff has has um, it's it's quietened down a bit since But it was very much newsworthy um, Maybe what was it a year ago yeah. um, A little bit more maybe um, The new um, Bloodstock Code of Conduct that came out Um, the, the aims of which were to make the whole thing more transparent So that especially new people coming into the game Could do so with a confidence That they weren't getting hoodwinked um, And ripped off uh, by, yeah. by dub, double dealing Hitting commissions, all this stuff um, So a story like this Um, it it reads poorly. And as someone that's involved in the bloodstock sector quite heavily, Um, you know, you don't like to read stories like this because it's so important, um, not just for the bloodstock sector, but for racing as a whole, that investors, owners, especially coming from outside the sport into it, um, have confidence and aren't going to get taken for a spin uh, because we need those guys long-term for the game to prosper. The owners are extremely important. Um, So stories like this... um, albeit this is an incomplete story until we hear Dan's side of the story, well, Okay, uh, yeah. they, they don't on, read well.
0: On that TC, I mean, yeah. we haven't heard Dan Skelton's side of the story. Uh, there was no comment to the Sunday Times piece that David Walsh wrote. I would have thought that somebody in the Racing Post or one of the racing journalists would have been on to Mr. Skelton straight away to develop this story, bring it on, get his side of it and actually take, take uh, I guess, take over and bring it to, to, to a new area. But that has not happened for whatever reason. Yeah. It's, a, it's, well, a, it's
2: a. You know, we, we first thing we should say the BHA looked into this and while they said uh, Dan Skelton's conduct was, I think, regrettable quote unquote, um, they they were, they, you know, there was no case to pursue from, from their point of view. Yeah. Obviously, the owners might be going down the civil court case, as we said. And, you know, have, having looked into this myself a bit yesterday, there, there is more to this than, than, than meets the eye. I mean, their suggestions that you know Dan was very very kind to this set of owners, uh, you know maybe training horses uh, without fees, etc and, and Dan himself in the article uh, did you know did push for you know the you know, to get a, a replacement for the horse from uh, from from the, from the uh, vendors. So mm. there is there is more to it if I was Dan Skelton and I saw a, a double paid spread in the Sunday times that ref, reflected less than ideally on me. I'd want to get my story out there. Now, uh, I understand he's gone to the BHA and he wants to bury it, but not commenting upon this, it just adds to the story. And quite frankly, how the racing Post don't see fit. And the, the, the code of conduct that uh, Kevin referred to, that was on the back of uh, some excellent campaigning by Lee Motteson in the racing post on this subject. So how the racing Post don't see fit to even mention this in their paper today is unfathomable. Um, you can, if you're being charitable, um, luck on Sunday and the racing debate that Kev was on yesterday, you can say the story probably came to their attention after the running orders. So that is, you know, but even so, there's flexibility in there's flexibility in, in horse racing broadcasting. So we are not even giving that a, a, a one or two minute mention uh, in either of those discussion programs. And luck on Sunday had two hours to to to, to actually address this. Like I, I could say, it, it just—it just absolutely is. We, we have a situation in, in in recent months where every big story has been underplayed in the media, whether it be your Sheikh Nhammes, your Oshie Murphys, your Randox uh, Atri Association. Every big story, or awkward story, a lot of the press. Maybe Greg will decide in the Randolph case. They've run away from it and ignored it, and it's just not good enough. You can't have non-racing journalists like Paul Kimmage and David Walsh setting the agenda as regards investigative journalism in racing, because it just makes a mockery of all this. This is why we get in the situation where everyone gets their knickers in this, or so Shiskin being ruled out of the race 10 days beforehand. I honestly think racing journalists must cry themselves to sleep at night, not going after, because they are journalists and and they have some, you know they have some ethics and they have some drive about them. Well, some of them do anyway. And they must be sitting there, you know, with, you know, sitting on their hands when there's a story to be written, stories to be written, and they do absolutely nothing. And like I said, the the actual blanket uh, block of this story from yesterday, and like I said, it was a massive splash in the Sunday Times, you, you mm. know, two pager. Oh, I just don't I just don't get it. what if you go into racing journalism. You don't go to racing journeys and just sit there silent while big stories revolve around you. It just makes sense. I suppose you we know, should
3: that, say, Tony, that maybe you know, maybe some of these stories are being developed. You know, it was only yesterday the story was published, you know, so maybe they they might come. I don't know. I'm just I'm just yeah. giving the, the yeah, balance that yeah. you know is that, that,
2: that was in the Sunday Times. So it's, it was going around there from Sunday night. Uh, people were posting, talking about it on, on social media from nine o'clock. I got I got the first tweet before eight o'clock yesterday about it with a link to the story. You know, you've got a day to actually you even even make the effort and just say, look, but there was even no chat from the journalist. But you know, it's an easy target like Nikki Henderson Shishman. We'll come on to that in a minute, minute. Everybody is a pile on, everyone's everyone's got an opinion. When it comes to a real a story like this and numerous stories that I've mentioned beforehand, they stay silent. It's not good enough. What's your sense of this, Vanessa?
1: Uh, I, in terms of how it's been covered, I'm I'm with Tony, and you know, a little surprised people haven't latched onto it more because it feels like a big story. And like Tony says, you know, if you're allowing people like Paul Kimmage and David Walsh to, in Tony's own words, set the narrative for how these stories get exposed, we're handing the reins of control to sort of a much wider public. Um, Sort of situation whereas in racing we could grab hold of the reins ourselves and just get the facts out there with all these stories, you know, more as we said before about um the John Warwick case, you know, more facts the better at this stage. But that seems to sort of it's more of a case at the moment in racing, just brush it under the carpet. But in terms of this case itself, uh, you know, if I'm being deadly honest, was I that surprised? Not really, as in not about the people involved, you know, not necessarily the actual names involved, but what's happened there. Am I that surprised that that, uh, you know, it's just that someone's been caught out? I'd say some of that stuff happens a lot in racing, uh, in whether it's be trainers yards or in the bloodstock world at the sales. When that bloodstock report came out last year, the one that Lee Mott has had campaigns so strongly Mm. for. Um, You know, I remember discussing with somebody then that surely horses at the sales, instead of just consigned by a stud, you basically have no idea who you're buying from. You have no idea who actually owns the horse you're buying. And I remember having quite a heated debate with somebody about how it should be like racehorses in terms of actual ownership should be somewhere to be found, whether it be Weatherby's on the passport, whatever it would take. I don't know how that would work. But if I own a horse and it's consigned by the stud down the road, people should know that Vanessa Rahl owns that horse and that that's who they're ultimately buying from. The money, the profit isn't going to the stud that consigned them, it's going to me. And so people should know about that because as Kevin said, what happens with all these things, and this is just an umbrella point for the Dan Skelton story and then mm-hmm. the wider the bloodstock issue as well, is you know if if my mate Emma Wood comes into the game and she wants to buy a racehorse and I put her in contact with Joe Bloggs, the bloodstock agent, right? And and Joe Blogs the Bloodstock agent buys her a horse to run on the flat. If it's crap, and two, three runs later, she finds out through word of mouth or however she finds out that Joe Bloggs the Bloodstock Agent owned the horse that she was shoved into, she's not coming back to the game. These lads with Dan Skelton, they probably don't want to come back to the game. Why would you? You're being shafted. And it's yeah. in human nature, none of us wanna get done over. Let's just be honest, right? And if you don't know who you're actually buying a horse from. There's a risk of being done over, so you know. I, I just think whether it's pin hooks, whether it's yearlings, whether it's foals, mares, or fully fledged horses in training. I think you should know who 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 is involved in that horse. If I say if I buy a foal and I sell it as a yearling at the sales, if I have a fifteen percent share in it, I don't see why in the catalogue page it can't say that you know owned in partnership with Vanessa I'll, you know Tony Calvin and Kevin Blake.
2: But mm. I mean, obviously, there's dispute facts here in the skeleton case. But obviously, the the big story is not only the, the press remaining silent. The wider picture is, you know, the, the actual that whole area of buying selling horses. That Vanessa, you know, Era put there, mm. and it just seems to me, you know, you you get invoices being chucked in by by companies that had, may or may not have anything to do with it. Surely there's tax implications in all this as well. I mean, if I, you know, if I file a tax return and, you know, you, if I own a, a significant share in a horse that's sold for 43,000, and I, my share of it's 43,000 pounds, it's, it's got to be visible somewhere, isn't it? I mean, I, and it, well, obviously, Kev, you know more of this area than I do. Anecdotally, do, do you hear about these things going on, or is it becoming less so since the Code of Conduct?
3: Um, which look it's like anything. If you're doing something wrong, you're probably not going to be broadcasting around, you know. So it, it, it's one of those, but like you, you know, it's like anything where there's money involved and the where there's scope for skullduggery, it will usually be taking place to one extent or another. Um, and just in terms of one of the other tentacles from this, I, I just found it remarkable that, um, the two, the couple of owners in question here lodged the complaint with the BHJ about this whole case and it took the bha 15 months to reply to it you know and they decided not to do anything about it but the fact that it took 15 months if i was if i felt i'd been wronged in a situation like this and i lodged an official complaint which which is quite a you know a big thing to do you know to be sitting there for 15 months before you hear from them just seems grossly inadequate and this is years ago this is all pre-covid you can't use covid as an excuse that just seems really really poor regulatory control doesn't it you know that that really struck me reading it and you know this is still rumbling on whatever it is over 3 years later it's going to go to the courts but again if you're an outsider looking in with a lot of money thinking god I actually like racing I'd love to get involved you read something like this and you're like right there's a possibility I might get shafted and if I do get shafted I'm not, you're not going to feel very protected um, well, no, that's that's, just a, it. that's a bad bad look that's a bad
0: look
1: yeah mm. that's just yeah. it. it's like it's just very hard to entice new people into the game when even at the at the at the gate to get into the game when you actually just have to buy a horse to get into the game there's a risk of being done over in our sport where you know it's often looked at you know how many people say to me it's like oh do you know who's going to win a race before you know the outside public it's a sport lots of people don't understand fully and so on top of that when even just to get through the door of the game you could get shafted it's just a very sort of unattractive look I I don't like it at all but it's
2: Right, I, what, I, like, just to find out, I, I, I should say that I've heard there are there are two definite sides to the story. Which is, like I said, like just to reiterate, if I was Dan Skelton, I'd, I'd like to have got that out there. But you know, if there are civil court cases rumbling, it, that may well dictate they have to stay silent for now.
0: Okay, all right, um, good stuff. And uh, before we get into our uh, questions, what's the um, situation around uh, Kevin the Freddie Tullicky case uh, against Dale Gibson? What, what are the details? I around mean, that that's due to be heard soon, is it?
3: um graham gibbons who's taken on um um, yes it's it's beginning today as far as i know um and look this 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 promises to be a very very significant case for racing it's the first time a case like this has happened you know for for literally decades the last time one went to the courts like this it, it 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 failed as such and look it's it's going to be potentially uh, have huge ramifications for the game because look we've um you know there's been lots and lots of talk about the interference rules in recent years and the precedents it creates and the, the the dangerous situations they create. and now the whole thing is is going to be tested in court um and look it'll be fascinating to see how it pans out. I personally wish Freddie all the best um I, I hope he I hope he gets the, the right result for him um because ultimately that 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 man's life was you know changed utterly. Um, through no fault of his own, uh, and the potential um, alleged, I suppose, negligence of, of of a colleague, and it look it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And like I say, it could have massive ramifications uh, on a number of fronts, not just yeah. from, the, from the interference rules point of view, but for from jockeys the point of view of jockeys insurance. Um, uh, and many other things, you know, I think this is one to watch very, very closely. It's, it's not yeah. as simple as it's not as simple as one might thinks, one might think and it could have potentially, you know, wide ranging ramifications um, in the game, both for jockeys, uh, for stewarding and all sorts of things.
0: Okay, all right. Um, Just a reminder of Betfair's odds boost promotion before we get into our listener questions. And so when you use Betfair to bet on racing, you get daily rewards. You can boost your odds on three horses any day with my odds boost. And all the terms and conditions are on the Betfair website itself. Right, Um, the listener questions, TC. Did we not get any on Nicky Henderson not running Shishkin, or did you just decide to delete them because you love (laughs) Nicky Henderson to think that he's done anything wrong here? You're quite, you're
2: quite, I'm quite happy if you do go down the thread and find out one about Nicky Henderson and Shishkin. No reason why we didn't get a questioning on it. Complete non-story. Oh, stop it, William. Stop it.
0: Stop it, Tony. All those, all those
2: journalists out there have an opinion on Nicky not running a horse that he's not happy with, but no. All those, all those subjects, Randolph, John Warwick, blah blah blah. No, 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 no. No, we're not, we're not dealing with those issues. We want, to get, we want to get stuck into Nicky because he's an easy target. He's not an easy target. <laughs> he, he makes, makes himself he an easy, easy target. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. He's, 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 me and him are probably neck and neck in the diplomacy stakes when it comes to the press. But um, no, like I said, look, everyone just comes back, oh, you don't run your horses. Everyone beats him with the your stick from last year about not running on the ground. I'll tell you what, there's double standards. Next time John Gosden doesn't run Stradivarius in soft ground because he said... Oh, who cares about Stradivarius? He I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going I'm to go down to Ascot. I'm going to give all the journalists a step ladder and they're going to walk up the step ladder and they're going to poke John Golston in the, in the head there and say, this horse goes well on heavy ground. Stop <laughs> pulling him out because it's testing. <laughs> Lanky so-and-so. So, uh, step ladder. you not... If you're not going to pull out, call out people like John Gosden, why are people picking on my Nicky?
0: <laughs> I,
3: I just well, want to I, know what, what, what colour Tony Calvin's Nicky Henderson
0: pajamas are. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no problem calling out John. Me, Gosling. me, me and Nicky both go commando. <laughs> if, I gave t- if, I gave, if I gave if I gave if I gave a fiddler's about Stradivarius, I'd, I'd know i would happily call out John Gosling when he didn't rule him. But I, I, you know, as you know, my views are Stradivarius. But I think in this case, <laughs> in this case running Shishkin um, is an absolute joke of a decision and the horse if the horse isn't ready to run and he feels it's not right that's Nicky Henderson's fault he's the bloody trainer get the horse ready to run in what is the biggest two mile chase so far this season and if he doesn't have him ready it's his fault and uh, you know take it on the chin and don't be such a grumpy git when people are disappointed that we're not seeing the best <laughs> horse over two miles running in the best race for two milers
3: yeah, so we've just been here before, haven't we? Same old same sequence of events. And look, I know look Nikki Henderson has as up help as Jaxie constantly looking for <laughs> positive 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 updates and uh, things that you know things that they can quote, etc. So he's probably under pressure to you know say, Oh Shishkin, he's going well, he looks great, etc. And you, you get all these positive upbeat reports for weeks leading up to the race. You know, the Tingler Creek has been set out as his target. And we get there and look, Nikki doesn't have to run the horse. He can do whatever oh, he wants. Oh,
1: we didn't get there. That's one of the points is he pulled yeah, the exactly. out with 10 days, still, to, two weeks. Oh. Still to oh.
3: Well, this is, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. He's, out he's out like
2: you, he scoped badly this morning. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's whatever. I 10, run.
3: Or, Ten or twelve days before the race, yeah. I, I did find some irony in Nikki's comments. And you know, one of his, I think, his most recent comment, where he kind of had a pop at anyone that criticised his decision, and said some words to the effect of anyone that's critical of, of this decision, you know, clearly knows nothing about racehorses, which is so highly ironic because you know anyone that that you know deals with horses, that that you know deals with trainers, etc., they know like the very clear reality. But well, Kevin,
0: Kevin, Kevin, but Kevin, if Shishkin runs next weekend and something happens, he'll ruin him for life. Like the Well, that, that's, another, <laughs> that's another thing.
3: That that's another, that's another comment that I'm going to get onto. But but everyone that that knows these things knows the reality that you know it's it, it's a relatively rare thing that you run a horse in the race, but absolutely zero concerns. Like there's usually something. You know, maybe his last piece of work wasn't quite as good as you hoped it was. Maybe he had a little cough two weeks beforehand. You know, there's always little things. That's race horses. Maybe they took a lame step the, the night before the race or something like that. And if we were in a situation where trainers only ran horses that they were 110% thrilled with, you know, we'd have an even bigger problem with small fields. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. just the reality of, of race horses. So I, I found that comment quite amusing myself. Uh, and also funny you mentioned it you. Know, I thought that was grossly irresponsible. <laughs> Nikki Anderson to make that comment, you know, on ITV, you know, to a mainstream audience. He said, if I ran that horse next week, I would probably ruin him for life. Yeah.
0: Really? No no, 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 you tell me. The, the, horse you tell me the
3: horse is perfectly sound. He's perfectly healthy. He's just not quite 100% happy with his last bit of work. It's nothing, it's nothing to do with his work. Race. He's
0: absolutely shit scared of the horse getting beaten by whatever horse Willie sends over. that's just yeah, no. I, I look, look
3: I, I don't want to turn this into a Nicky Bashan session, but I just oh, thought
2: that was mean turn I, I,
3: I, I just, I just did <laughs> uh, You know, if anyone said that, and he said a similar thing with your yeah. last year, I just thought it was grossly irresponsible because, you know, that's a slippery old slope you're putting yourself on there that if you run a horse that you're not 100% happy with his last little bit of work that it could ruin him for life. You know, oh. you don't need, I mean, you, you, can ex, you can extrapolate that fairly easily and and, and shine a, a very unfavorable light at the whole thing of what we're doing with racehorses. Yeah, know, I, I think just, like, that, you, that, you have that to just, be careful yeah. with
1: that sort of stuff because I get the point he was trying to make. He doesn't want to go down the route that he feels like he went down without you or the year he got smashed, uh, you know, the surname race. But... I do. I agree with Kev, I just think that is such a risky route to start going down, like calling it in amongst any, uh, under any of that welfare umbrella. It's yeah, just like, yeah. please move away immediately. Yeah. It's not a welfare yeah. issue, it's just an opinion issue right now. Yeah,
3: and look, look. long story short, Nicky can make this very easy for him. Look, we know he's a very, very conservative campaigner of his horses. We all know it, that's why we take the mick out of it. That's why we make the predictions about him not running if Shaq and Persuad turns up, et cetera. Nicky could just make things very easy for himself, but just being very non-committal. You know, Tingle Creek. Look, it's a potential starting point. If we're not 100 happy with it we don't want to run him if he's going to have a very hard race. So we'll make a decision much closer to the time. And uh, You know, and then when it happens, I don't think he'd get nearly as much stick. But look, he's going to run in the Desert Orchid. The the you know him not quite being happy with him will all of a sudden be he'll be very happy with him coming up to the Desert Orchid when he's going to be four to one on, and uh, and he'll run and he'll win and we can you know trundle on a dourly towards the Champion Chase when we might potentially get this and take on a, a meaningful racehorse. Um, but but then that's it. Look, and it's people will say, Oh, you're, you're tough on Nicky, you're disrespectful to Nicky, etc. Um, you know, I, I don't buy yeah. into that myself. We, we just, yeah. We've just we've been here before, it's the same Absolutely. old process, it's a bit tedious, and yeah. it's, it's
0: yeah. yeah, it's yeah, Willie, yeah. Willie Mullins. If you're listening, please enter Shack and or, and or an in the <laughs> Desert Orchard, please. If you, if you get a chance, it'll be great. <laughs> nice. Um, John, a John says, uh-huh. John guy says, uh-huh. Wonderful Ronald McNally and the Irish farce race brought up, um. Kev, this is Roland McNally, I presume this is last week, another massive gamble and yeah. uh, landed successfully, another real deal or was it? And it wasn't
3: was. even so much that, it was just the, it was the, the, the way the race panned out I suppose, this is a, a mayor called all class that um, was was trained by, by by David Dunn for for most of, for most of her career, but as um you know th- there's another situation going on there that's kind of going through the IHRB at the minute. But, um, Rona McNally took over the training uh, of her in relatively recent times, and look, she was very well backed on her return defenses. You know, clearly potentially well handicapped, but I think what wound people up was the, just the way the race panned out. Um, two including all class, just when miles cleared the field. Yeah. um and, and you know it's it's the usual kind of comment you hear after a race like this so you know fixed race so all oh, the jockeys in behind must have backed the winner because none of them showed any interest in getting involved etc um and it it, it, it was quite skill. um it it, it it just was but it and it happens occasionally with these clear leaders it's, it's 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 and i have some sympathy for jockeys because it's a very it's a difficult thing the one that the one that lashed off in front you know was Ridden by an inexperienced pilot, it wouldn't have been unreasonable for jockeys in behind, if they're you know putting two and two together, to say right maybe this open front is probably going way too fast. What are we going to do following it? And um, uh, the fav followed, and um, you know ultimately won by a long way. So it it was it was unsatisfactory. You don't like to see races panning out like this, especially when you have the, I suppose, mm. the 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 undercurrent of the the fav being heavily backed and and, and trained by a trainer, I suppose that's you know, and, and he he'll protest. He said, you know, Ronan McNally spoke very strongly about it on, on yeah. Nick Ducks podcast that he, he feels he's been singled out. That you know stuff like this happens with relative regularity, but whenever one of his is punted it seems to to get everyone riled up. Um, okay. And and yeah, that that was kind of the gist. But I think I don't think i don't think I'm, i think I've done it justice nope, there. Possibly. Yeah, people, yeah. plenty of people are much more wound up about it than me now. But it was just one of those things. Like
0: yeah. That. And Paul said, are, are, "Are any of you able to bring uh, the all-class Punchestown race up and keep a, a straight face at the same time?" Well, I guess we kind of dealt with it there, Paul. And um, just quickly, Kev on the handicapping that you alluded to, on racing only better on Friday. Uh, John Smart says, um, "Was there an official policy to handicap uh, British horses more sympathetically from the UK handicapper, or is that just a perception?" Peter Connolly says, Kev go into more detail about the handicapping?" British trained horses alluded to and Raising Only Better briefly please yeah
3: well, well they've come out you know you can find the press release the, the British handicappers came out there a few months ago and said they're going to change things about the way they handicap um, in various different things but one of them was to drop horses a bit quicker and uh, you know primarily I think they am nearly sure in the press release they made mention of kind of older more exposed horses but like we seem to be constantly coming across cases in our on our Friday preview show where we're saying things like well you know I thought he ran okay last time but the handicap has really generously dropped in three pounds. And, you know, I don't think you'd need to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out what's going on. You know, I think um, they the British handicappers know that if we come to March and they release those Cheltenham handicap weights and all the Irish horses are, are 10 pounds higher than their Irish mark, it, it'll create absolute eruptions rupt- and huge amount of debate, yeah. etc. So I think that there's they see it as a preferable way to, to do what they want to do uh, by being more generous with these British trained horses through the season, dropping them more generously, and that by the time we get to March, they will be better in with the Irish horses than they would be normally. Um, mm-hmm. I assume that's what's going on, call me a cynic, um, but they did make mention of it in their own press release. So that's the way I'm interpreting okay. what's going on at the minute. <laughs>
0: The uh, Final Fence well, wants to know how impressed we were with John Bond and which horses we've taken note of going forward from the weekend. I think we covered that Final Fence and Chris Morton wants to know should <laughs> John Bond's SP have been one to four? Yeah, it should have been. Yeah. should have been, Chris. And yeah. um, Bet for Fighting Fifth questions. And Neil Merrick says, Aidan Coleman clearly stood up before the finishing post in the Fighting Fifth, mistaking the brush end of the inner rail which separates the two tracks. Why no stewards?
3: I watched I watched that back looking for it and you, you can kind of make a case yeah. for it, but like it's it's maybe he's maybe stopped a quarter of a stride from the finish. And I, I don't think yeah, that's late, late, late stage. I don't think anything Aiden Coleman could have done would have made a functional difference myself, but I, I can I, see I was reviewing too. I yeah. kind of
1: had to go back and look at it a good few times mm. and kind of see Neil's point, but at the same time, I was like, Oh, I think you're probably being harsh on him. He's throwing the kitchen sink at the man in the last 150 yards, maybe and uh, I think that like you said it was probably a third of a stride before the line yeah. maybe <laughs> <So> I suppose <laughs> the thing
3: you would say is that you know it is a dead heat you know we're talking about a pixel of a difference will change yeah. the results so you can say is there something there there seems to be but could you act on it I, I don't know if there you was nothing okay. myself um, no, is
0: not so sleepy um, is not so sleepy a champion hurdle contender Nick wants to know TC uh, the way he took the last thing got headed to get back up shows some serious guts and determination love to see that is he a, a champion hurdle bet proposition for you possibly
2: uh, I, uh, anything could finish in the frame in the champion hurdle behind Honeysuckle Um, yeah I I, I don't see why not improved horse on the flat got a lot of class stays a lot further so I think they wanted to go out and and force the pace I think yeah um, I can see him finishing finishing place in the champion hurdle but I can see anything finishing place in the champion hurdle behind Honeysuckle it's that open. yeah
0: yeah Stephen Cunningham says Epiton has a victory ever felt uh, much like a defeat before Neil Thomas Epiton is a poor third at best without the mayor's allowance um, is it relevant fair in 2021? Vanessa, do you, I mean, the mayor's allowance, look, we're not gonna get into it hugely now, but like that that's from Neil Thomas, um, I, you know, talking about the, the allowances, I guess that mayors get, we, we briefly mentioned it all. Are you in favor of the mayor's allowance? Do you think it served its purpose up to now or it should be got rid of at this stage?
1: No, I don't see a case for getting rid of it at this point at the the moment. I think it does serve a purpose. Um, Obviously, you get these standouts, don't you? Like the honeysuckles that don't need a mayor's allowance. But generally, it serves a purpose at a level across the board. And I think if you started, well, look, all things can be up for debate and change down the road, but I don't feel an immediate need to change it now. Of all the issues in the racing, the seven pound mayors allowance is yeah, not within not. the top 50.
3: Yeah I, yeah, I reckon I reckon it'll get changed. I reckon it'll get reduced back to five in the not too distant future. It's 10, it was 10 years ago. They they increased it yeah. from five to seven. Well, you know, there was very clear reasons for doing so. The mayor's program has improved massively in the meantime. You know, we're seeing mayors running riot in national hunt racing, So I think the case to drop it back to five will, will probably come to prominence relatively soon, I suspect.
0: Okay, great. Michael Kenny says, can you set up a GoFundMe page for a new photo with the winning line? And Keith e. Babe says the same thing. How many times do we hear the camera angle here is deceptive? How hard can it be to have a camera at the correct angle on the winning line? Do you see? <laughs> yeah, like I said, not so easy one. I want to be paid out in full. I don't, to, I, don't to, I
2: don't want these half measures.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Tom Williams says, "Will British horses be bigger prices than they should be for the festival this year?" Finds it very hard to back any anti-post after Ireland's 23 wins in 2021. Uh, yeah, just
3: get involved in the without the Irish markets, lads. They could be very lucrative this year, I suspect. Kevin, yeah. Kevin's <laughs> taken
0: applications to his WhatsApp group, so if anybody wants <laughs> it, he <it> includes you. <laughs> um hey, horse, horse racing better says why aren't why isn't horse racing copying other sports in their revenue models along with reducing the fixture list surely this would improve prize money levels racing should be tapping into its history and using new uh, technology for example um uh, i'll take this yeah. one we agree yeah. yeah absolutely yeah 100% um, big Jan Mulvey stunt on what a name <laughs> that, yes. that was it that might be but the best best Liverpool midfielders ever um, what do you make of Connor Orr's ride on the dabbler hung on to him because he knew he had a little left or poorly judged right Dennis O'Regan power packed in comparison anyone want to he was take hang-
1: this? I think he was hanging on to absolutely nothing wasn't it? Yeah. The way yeah, he had I think the, that's horses. the horse as well, isn't it? Yeah. And he had the, you know, the way he had the horse's bit very high in its mouth, just trying to get it over the last fence. I thought he was on absolute empty, to be honest with you. I'd
3: say yeah. he got there too soon, to be brutally honest. Um, I think he got yeah. there too soon. If he could ride it again, he would have waited even longer and come with one run, um, you know, at the last maybe. But he kind of found that the horse was carried him there and got there too soon, I'd say, as much as anything.
0: Yeah, um, Dave Parry says, are bumpers a waste of time? I'll take this one, Dave. Yes, they are. Why don't you just run them on the flat, compete them in the Gold Cups against Stradivarius and the like, <laughs> and you will earn a lot more money. Scrap the bumpers. Here we go. Uh, Barry Benjamin Esquire says, the proposed prize money for 2022 in France is £278 million, and the UK is £150. Please, discuss. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we get this out like all the
2: time. It's, it's the tote monopoly. Because of yeah. the legal requirements, you can bet anywhere you want, and that's not changing. Yeah, we made a
3: yeah, well, we made a bad we made a bad call back in the 1960s, and we've been paid for it ever yeah. since.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One for Kevin, possibly from Stephen. He says, "Kevin, I think of many sires who have sired five furlong sprinters as well as three mile chasers." Um, Dylan Thomas now has with the ultra game Caspian Prince, and now uh, a Hoy Senor. Five furlong um, sprinters, and chasers. I I'll, I'll put forward Dark Angel. Uh he, oh, he's okay. he's,
3: oh. our, he's our guitar Pete. And a couple of oh, other, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. a couple of other good jumpers, as well as being a, a tip-top flat stallion. Uh, so, yeah, so much, don't uh, let the
1: O'Callahans hear you saying that, Kevin.
2: <laughs> one of the uh, <laughs> one of one of the listeners put up sing spill, but I don't know if that's true or not.
0: Okay, all right. Um, Liam D oh, says, yeah, TCA, oh, Dark Angel is silver streak as well. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, so it's very good. Very good. That's very versatile for you. Um, <laughs> Liam D says, TC, a question read Jockeys Championship. It seems utterly ridiculous to have the jockeys and bow codes being left out or avoiding top races in order to pick softer targets and wins. Should a point system be graded for races, uh, for, for a graded race to be bought in to stop this? Are more points for winning grade one, two, etc.? That's not a bad idea, is it? No, no, nobody outside of the jockeys, nobody cares about the jockeys' title so <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Bill. Bill says on Andy Post, eight runners in the Royal Bond before decks. Most firms only offer two places. Andy Post, eight after declarations, so three places. Should there be a rule if eight plus are entered, then three places should be mandatory, no. regardless if they think the eight plus will run. Seems that they can flout whatever rules they like. DC no. Andy. No. It's like so in in the old days
2: that was that was it was that was the case. If there were eight runners, you get three places, but. You know, now, I mean, you go down, I, I'll do an anti-post column after this, and there was one last week, there was a 10-runner race, six of them were double-entered, you just know that 10-8 isn't going to turn up, so bookmakers aren't going to give you an extra place money on an anti-post mm-hmm. It's it's the reality of the situation, they have to They have to tailor their each-way terms to the likely fields, so no, yeah. I, I don't agree yeah. with that.
0: Peter Dillon um, wants to know why Virgin this is an Irish television uh, free-to-air station didn't show the racing yesterday I presume you mean Saturday because I know Ferry House was on an RT yesterday yes, yes, yes. and they broadcast Friday's racing but not Saturday great show best racing pod around thanks. thanks for that Peter um I don't know why they wouldn't have done it It seems strange to me that they wouldn't Particularly if they went and broadcast on Friday It doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't on Saturday Maybe there was a scheduling issue Maybe there was a a conflict there But uh, we'll try and find out, uh, Peter And and let you know Um, Maybe it's the best answer I can give you on that Craig Constantine says Is anyone in the racing media going to pick up This story regarding Melissa Al-Fahad The tweet has since been deleted And her Twitter disabled Has anyone checked her whereabouts Or confirmed her safety This is, yeah um, This is pretty But Vanessa, do you want to take this one?
1: (laughs) <laughs> Will someone check on my safety and whereabouts if I do take this one? Yeah, uh yeah. no, this is for anyone who didn't see it, uh Sheikh Farhad's wife, Melissa, put a tweet out uh midweek, wasn't it, boys? Uh yeah. just announcing essentially that uh a separation was on the agenda for her and Sheikh Farhad. Um, and that she hadn't spoken to him in a while. Obviously, look, this is like very different to sort of the racing media not picking up actual proper and real stories. Uh, mm. this is obviously. obviously. Obviously, sort of more tabloid journalism. And as a result, the Daily Mail or the Sun will be highly likely to pick this up at some point because it's right up their street. Arab husband, American wife, separation. You can see it. Uh, So I'm sure it will be picked up by some press, but I don't really think it's for the racing press. And also, it's not really for us to discuss. It's somebody's personal life.
0: And this is a family And there are children Involved yeah. as well I totally agree with you um, Okay Pat Harkin wants to know um, After for me A very poor fat season Does the esteemed panel Believe that jump racing Deserves to be in the dock The way it has been this week For me uh, There should be A flat inquiry now And come May A jumps one Cheers Well I guess this is around uh, small fields horses not best horses not running against each other all that kind of stuff look that's a big issue Pat but then um, maybe we won't, we'll, we'll deal with it towards the end of the yeah. season but I the season was alright I don't, don't, really all right.
1: I, I don't oh, know yeah. I, I agree I really enjoyed this flat season mm. I thought a lot of variety loads of different horses popping up good level of racing yeah. across the board Kevin okay. wants Nikki Henson
2: in the black chair with a spotlight in his face, <laughs> with, uh, and with load of dentist tools there, just, just
0: <laughs> ready to yeah. ready, ready to, Run go him. to work. Run it. him! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm
2: pulling that, that, that tooth out.
0: <laughs> we'll, get that, we'll get that BBC journalist who interviewed that dictator over in Hungary whose name is to be now and absolutely grilled him. We'll get him to sit down with Nicky Henderson and see what answers we get out of him. Uh, Degenerate says, as a time enthusiast, I obviously do all my own section time analysis, but due to time restrictions, I was using the ATR published for no uh, jockey club races. I've since noticed that they're way off on most, as are the official times. Some as bad as 15 seconds what's what's reviews. Um, I don't know. We'll look into that one, Degenerate, uh, maybe, and, and, and deal with uh, at another time if that's okay. And then Noel Project, last question. Tony, any update on the rejected proposal live on air in Ferry House? <laughs> so that oh, Hugh that... can relate red haired young man being turned down. It's the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: uh, that's one for Kim because I saw he tweeted about that. I d I don't know the story. What happened there, Kim?
1: You, do yeah, you yeah. get turned down a lot? Yeah
0: by <laughs> everyone Vanessa by everyone it's just well, terrible everyone, discussions about nine seconds
3: there it, last week you can see well, why he, um,
1: the risk yeah
3: ha- having
2: been to Dubai before no, he even, get, even gets turned down by in a Dubai
0: bar and tell, and, and I'll tell you that, and that oh, takes some doing oh, I'll tell you oh, that they do, they, they do what they do when they see the signs of my wallet TC oh, oh wow. God, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I wow. come over a hot flush I didn't want to say <laughs> yeah, that yeah. right listen guys yeah, so, thank you to
2: everyone did I want to hear about it yeah go so Gary
3: Harry O'Brien and Lisa O'Neill are signing off for today, uh, and in the background, there's two two young lads there, maybe I don't know, early twenties, uh, in, in an embrace. And one of them drops to an e and, and op- opens up an imaginary box and proposes. The man walks off. The poor fella is absolutely shell-shocked. <laughs> and uh, walks away and then he re- returns quickly with a gang of about 20 of his mates and they start yeah. dancing in front of the camera. So there you go. Brilliant. It yeah. Go seems on to, to Kevin's to Twitter TV feed. seem to
0: have enjoyed it. <laughs> go on to Kevin's Twitter feed if you haven't seen it as well. Just, we hope as many of you turn out for, um, for Sandown on Friday as possible. 10.45 gates open as well at Sandown. Live racing only better. You get to, Come uh, to feel be like a yeah abuse Tony Calvin feel like a giant standing beside Dan Barber what's not to love right? <laughs> 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 leave love your questions I all your questions before we go Vanessa do you fancy going out for a drink sometime maybe me and you dinner it's so, no? a no from me it's a no from me it's a yes from me, me. alright <laughs> 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 let's do it thanks as always we're back <laughs> <laughs> up to you live at Sounddown we'll see you then